Hey fellow chasers, just a reminder before we get into this episode to please rate, review the show, check out the chasepodcast.ca for more content, and most importantly, if you like what you hear, please share it with someone else. Just a heads up, if you've got kids within earshot, I'm going to drop an F-bomb at the end of this episode. Here we go. There are only 12 musical notes, C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. Add in the sharps and the flats and you've got 12 notes. That's it. Then the octave repeats. Every musician has the same building blocks to work with. No more, no less. So what separates a talentless hack from, say, Freddie Mercury? Well, it's simply what you do with the notes you've got. You're listening to The Chase. hear a song that resonates with you, that resonates with who you are deep down and all these things that you think and feel and are scared of and love, and you've never necessarily met anyone who feels the same way in that same sense, and you hear this artist singing it, and he's singing it with emotion and passion, he's letting it all out, and in that one moment, especially if you're standing in a crowd of, let's say, 20,000 people who are listening to it as well, in that moment, you know you're not alone. That's the voice of Benji Shear. If you're wondering why the audio sounds a little tinny, that's because Benji and I are talking over Skype. You see, Benji's sitting in a recording studio in Montreal. I'm sitting in my basement, hoping the kids won't interrupt. Benji and I are in different places, figuratively as well as literally. Music is more to Benji than a simple 12 notes. It's a universal language that speaks to and connects people in a way that words simply can't do. To say that Benji is in awe of that aspect of music is an understatement. But despite this passion for an appreciation of music, the idea of chasing an artistic life, well, that wasn't an appropriate pursuit for him. His parents raised him better than that. Because of the family and the community that I grew up in, I mean, artist was practically a bad word. It was, you know, it was foo-foo, it was nonsense. It was, you know, my dad's Israeli, he would use the word shtuyot, which is just a pretty vulgar way of saying in Hebrew nonsense. It's just, it's, it's not just nonsense. It's, ugh, that's just, that's, you know, base level nonsense. Like he used to refer to uh, WWF wrestling in that way. An artist was something that like, when I dropped out of law school and started this, I had to basically like come out to my family as an artist and, and, the, and start using that word in a way that they had to start accepting that it wasn't dirty. Acceptance wouldn't come easy, but I did say that Benji was sitting in a studio, didn't I? You see, that son of an Israeli immigrant built that studio, and in addition to being a performer, operates his own indie label. That seems like a chase worth exploring.
You know, like I grew up in a small Jewish community, um, Jewish upbringing with an Israeli background. It's the type of place where, you know, everyone plays piano for a couple of years. It's part of your development as a child. But now, okay, okay, you did piano. Now let's start focusing on, you know, on what you're supposed to do and real business, real money. And, you know, 80% of everyone that I went to high school with falls into one of five categories. Doctor, lawyer, accountant, teacher, or running the family business. In my community, culture, and upbringing, we were, I mean, more or less trained or brainwashed to think that there's only a very few options of how to live a good life. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but it seems important enough to say it again. The people we surround ourselves have a profound effect on our perceptions, and they form our reality. And Benji's reality didn't include room for music. And yet, something inside him kept trying to scream out and tell him, this is all wrong. While off at school studying philosophy, Benji began to listen to that voice. And he does the most rock star thing he can think of. He joins a band. I found a couple of brothers online who were absolute rock stars in the best and worst ways. I won't get into that story for now, but they had a lot to offer and a lot to teach me, but we didn't go even half as far or a quarter as far as we could have or should have because they were also rock stars in the worst of ways, um, at least at the time. So I spent three and a half years playing with them. And once I saw that things weren't going the way that they should or that we... uh, that I was never going to make a successful career in music with these guys. I dropped out of the band, and I was lost. His attempt to break free of the shackles of his upbringing and embrace his inner rock star, well, that didn't quite go as planned. So it's back to the straight and narrow, back to the familiar traditional road. Perhaps this was fate's way of giving Benji a big, I told you so. What does a good Jewish boy with a background in philosophy do when he's completely given up and out of options? He goes to law school. Laheim. That had to make the parents happy. The only thing that could be better is if he settled down with a nice, sensible girl. So a week after I quit my band, I met this girl. Uh, She came to work at my restaurant. And a week later, we started dating. I was with her mostly on, but a little on and off for about three and a half years. And the last time, up until recently, that we contacted each other was a week before I started, uh, you know, delving a little more into my music career again. So she was in my life for the exact period, minus two weeks, that I had given up on music as my life. Our relationship continued for three and a half years because I was at this point in my life where I was at least willing to accept that maybe... You don't get to live the life that you truly want. Maybe you don't get to have the career that you want. Maybe love and relationships are something that you just have to compromise for. That's dark. But this isn't really about the girl. I don't know her. She's probably lovely. But Benji layers on another relationship that doesn't really see him. And so it can't help him become who he needs to become. It's another thing trapping him on a road he's just not meant to travel down. Yeah, I had given up on being me. I was depressed. I saw no potential way of pursuing my real path. And I just kind of took what the world was handing to me. So he spends almost four years of his life going through the motions. 
And while most days are fine, eventually Benji decides that fine isn't the way he wants to live anymore. Maybe it wasn't really living at all. But it would take a tipping point for that realization to materialize. In law school, there was one exam that I had to defer because of anxiety. I was just dying of depression and anxiety at the time. And on the day of the exam, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't get up. I couldn't go. I was, I was so depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. And I was depressed because of this path that I was on. And I, I knew that more or less, uh, maybe subconsciously to an extent, but, but I knew it. And over the summer, I, I was so turned off by law that I never, I actively never checked the date of the deferred exam. I, I didn't know when it was coming. And then I missed the exam. And that was my subconscious pushing me away from it. And I, like, I, I didn't actively say to myself, oh, I'm just not going to do this exam. But my subconscious was telling me, like, fuck it, don't do it. You don't want to be here. And it was my body's way of pushing me out of law school. Remember in Michelle's episode, she spoke about how her body would tell her if she was on the right path. She described it as rising on fire or not. Well, maybe this is Benji's version of that. I've come to the conclusion now that anxiety is your body's way of telling you that you're not being true to yourself. Because from the day that I quit law school, I have like I've been an anxious person most of my life. I've dealt with anxiety for at least 20 years. And from the day that I dropped out of law school, pretty much gone. Anxiety and mental illness is a real thing. And I don't want to insinuate otherwise. Or that there's some magic cure for it. But I do think that Benji has a point, And that our body's physiological responses can sometimes betray inner feelings that we are either consciously or subconsciously ignoring. That sometimes there's a message there that's just begging us to listen. Pretty much the way that it started for me was over the summer after the last semester that I completed, I came across an ad on Craigslist for a band that was looking for a manager. And I was so depressed about law school and I knew that I needed to dip my feet back into music one way or another. And there's just something about that ad that, that drew me into it. And that was the first of a new series of breadcrumbs that was being laid out for me. And, you know, I, I'm speaking in this sort of spiritual way as if the universe was lining it up for me, but you don't, you absolutely don't have to look at it in that sense. It's just um, your brain will connect to the things that you truly want to do. And if you stop pushing it down, if you stop ignoring that sense of intuition that you have, if you stop ignoring the things that you know are right for yourself, you will start seeing a trail of breadcrumbs laid out for you. So Benji follows the first breadcrumb and starts managing that band. And while it's just the first step of many, he instantly knows he's finally on the right path. You know, when I showed up to the first day of law school and just looked around at everyone there and actively thought to myself, wow, I am not you guys. And I walked in with this band 
And I just felt at home. I felt right. Benji's starting to find his tribe. That's something Kelly mentioned in her episode. Can you see the common thread starting to emerge here? And that gave me the, the next spark of, wow, I really need to be doing more music and connecting with more musicians and just trying out as many roles as I can in this scene. Okay, so it's time to move on to the next step, but where's that pesky breadcrumb? Well, if you can't find one, make one. I was working at a waiter in a restaurant at the time, and I asked my boss if I could start running uh, these music nights on Thursday on Thursday nights. And he, he agreed. It took a bit of convincing, but for two months, every Thursday night, I would bring in a new act. Benji gets more and more immersed into the music scene, and it's becoming a pretty nice side hustle. But what separates a side hustle or a simple hobby from a viable career path is the ability to scale up. Here, Benji would have to get a bit creative. I ended up uh, taking over a room at a recording studio that was run by some friends of mine because I, I was moving from booking into management, like more, less booking, more management. I took over the studio as a way to offer the bands that I would be managing something extra. And, you know, if you sign with me, then you've already saved $10,000 because I've got a studio at my disposal sort of thing. To scale up from there, Benji just needed an insight from his own experience from back in his band days. Um, even in the band, you know, we had some negative experiences at studios because they won't take the time to show you when you're doing something wrong. You know, you've paid them for their time and that's all they really care about. And if you go to the top studios around, they're going to treat you like a pro, which is nice and it makes you feel good. But if you have never gone through the recording process before, then you might be making mistakes and they're not going to tell you that because they're going to treat you like a pro, which means that you might spend $10,000 and walk out with something that you're not happy with. To solve that problem... Benji felt he needed a studio of his own, so he built one. You know, as one does. And this is the birth of Flip the Industry, Benji's indie recording studio and label. At the beginning, I knew that I needed to set myself apart in a different way, because I would not be able to compete on a gear level, or on a studio level, or even on an experience level with the thousand other studios that there are in Montreal. And my God, we have so many studios here. So not only was I being true to myself by operating my business in a morally praiseworthy and upstanding way where I could be honest and straightforward and personal as opposed to overly businesslike and professional, but I was also setting myself apart in a way that I could stand out from all of these other studios and attract a certain kind of clientele that were looking for a more personal touch. I guess you could call him the Jerry Maguire of the Montreal music scene. And you might think that what he's talking about there kind of reeks of some marketing bullshit, but when you hear him talk about the artists he works with, you can see there's something really genuine there. I think the, the connecting factor between all of my favorite clients or my favorite, the people that I've worked with that, you know, keep coming back and we have a connection with is authenticity. 
whatever style of music that they are making, they're doing it from a true, real place deep down in their soul that they are trying to connect either with something within themselves or to the fam their families or to the world outside of them. They all have something real that they are searching for, either inside or outside of themselves. And Maria Hamilton is a great example of that. The way that I always worded it about her stuff was she has um, all of her songs. You can't tell, like it's, it combines the most beautiful elements of the world as well as the most painful. Every one of her songs you could listen to if you are absolutely 100% in love or if you are absolutely 100% heartbroken. Her songs just have this vibe of beautiful pain. I couldn't agree more. When I was poking around to look at the artist that Benji was working with, Marie stood out. Here's a quick listen. how you use those 12 notes. So Benji's come a long way from that disenchanted Jewish kid in law school, and while he's still balancing a few different gigs, music is now his life. For at least the last, I would say, two to two and a half years, I've been doing nothing but music. I also work at a venue uh, that's near my place, so I run the sound and the light there, and I've been working at another uh, a club downtown where I was also doing the sound and the light. And that brought me to different um, styles of performance that I've been experimenting with. While I've been going through vocal rehab, I've been doing other kinds of performances to, to improve my showmanship and my confidence and stage presence and all of that. So I've been devoting myself 100% to music and to the tr my true self. And that just feels different. It feels good. All of these pieces, back from when I was like five years old, are starting to fall into place. Everything makes sense as I started learning to trust my intuition a bit more and just follow, follow my own judgment and follow the opportunities that are being laid out for me. That isn't to say it's all easy now. Self-doubt can always sneak back in, maybe even the voice of his own father. But he's not listening to those voices anymore because he's found his own. During those tough days, I might have, you know, broken down and said, well, f you know, shit, maybe I should have just done the, the normal life like everyone was telling me to. Oh God, what, what have I gotten myself into? But because I had gone through three years of that and knew just how depressed it made me and how, you know, even on the rough days here, at least I was still doing what I loved. You know, even on the days when I would wake up in my studio and go like, shit, I don't want to do this today and remind myself, wait a minute, what is it that I'm saying I don't want to do? I've got a band coming over. I've got an artist coming over. All I've got to do is mix this song. All I've got to do is exactly what I want to do. So get off your ass, Benji, and get up and do it because this is everything that you've been dreaming for. So get off your ass. Get up and do it. Be Benji. You're fucked. Be Freddie Mercury. We've all got the same 12 notes to play with. So, what are you gonna do with them? I want to break free. 